Hello, I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction. And I'm Kelly, a fantasy writer being held together by threads of optimism. And this is Writish, the podcast by writers for writers, where we discuss craft and hot topics in the writing community. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about outlining. And I think to start us off, we should start with misconceptions. Two that I think of immediately are that you have to have it all done before you start drafting anything. And that once you've outlined, you can't deviate from it at all. Something else that is commonly misconstrued is that you have to fall into one of the three Ps and that you have to stick with one of the three Ps. Excuse the child in the background, everyone. If you didn't know, I am a mother. But the three Ps is water, cancer, and lancer. And I know we've talked about this. I do believe it was the last episode. And I kind of shared a little bit how I am on a character arc to become a full plotter. But I feel like the misconception is that people have to stay in whatever camp they identify as whenever they first start writing. And that's not the case at all. I think definitely some stories come more naturally than in those cases I maybe outline less and then there are some that are like kind of in the middle where I outline and I generally follow it but eventually I always go off outline like whether it's oh I'm hitting these chapter beats faster do I want to combine chapters into one or this is taking a lot longer to cover everything that needs to be covered maybe I should split this into two chapters any chapter number changes affects the outline as does I don't like this plot point at all anymore the outline is not meant to be word written in stone. The outline is meant to be a living, breathing organism, just as your story is changing, which I think a lot of writers don't really realize until later down the road, whenever they start experimenting with outlining, at least for me, that's how it was. I think we should move on to what we think is the most important stuff to know before you start outlining. So Kelly, what do you think? So the important things that I think are vital for outlining is knowing what your premise is and if it's going to provide enough conflict. I'm sure in your high school English class, your teacher talked about types of conflict in stories, character versus character, character versus nature, character versus self, character versus technology, character versus society, and character versus supernatural. But I also think it's important that whenever you're focusing on what kind of conflict your story centers around, to remember what kind of point of view you want to write in because that will change change a lot with how you outline. I know for myself, I started writing in first person limited. And as I've kind of grown, I realized that the style of my writing is more suited for a third person omniscient perspective. So I may change again in the future. But for now, that is my personal preference. You want to make sure that your story is big enough to be able to shoulder a whole story, which is kind of what we mentioned a little bit in the know your characters I believe when we're kind of talking about story arcs you really have to make sure that the plot is going to work because as much as people kind of go like oh character driven versus plot driven which is a topic we're going to go into more depth on in the future you still need the plot to work regardless of whether you consider yourself a character first writer it's best to do it before you write the outline if you can but if you're not totally sure that's also what outlining helps you figure out and how to do it before you are 20,000 
words into a novel and you're like, I don't know if this is a big enough story. What do I do now? And definitely with the point of view, I agree. I write romance. I have other genres I plan to write too, but so far I've only written romance and it's very common in the genre for it to be written from the male perspective and the female perspective of the two main characters who fall in love with each other. And for adult fiction, it's written in third person limited. And in young adult, it's normally first person and can normally just be from the female perspective. But for my stories, even though one trilogy is young adult and one trilogy is new adult, I've gone with the adult standard of writing male, female, both third person limited, because that's just what comes naturally to me. But it also, in my head, I dictate that every chapter changes the point of view so readers know what to expect and they're never thrown for a loop like I have been in the past when reading. And because of that, if I know that a chapter is going to end with something big for one character, I always need to know, do I pick up right from there and have the other character show their reaction to what happened and then keep going? Or if the character is somewhere else, do I show them doing something and then almost go back in time to pick up right from the other one or as time passed? And so the switching of points of view is very important to how the story is told also and that is reflected in the outline. I also think if you are jumping into outlining that you need to know where you're at in your outline. Are you a dancer who's outlining for the first time? Then maybe you want to plan to have a loose outline just to kind of dip your toes in so that way you're not very overwhelmed and turned off by the idea of outlining. So that way you feel confident coming back in the future if you need to because as you said earlier, Zara, that outlining is supposed to help you when you feel stuck 20,000 words in and you don't know where to go. That's the whole point is it's supposed to be there to reference to help. And I know for me personally, I would pants my stories. I'd always get somewhere in the middle and then I just wouldn't know how to end it. Or I would go ahead, start the beginning, skip the middle entirely, and then just make a real quick ending. And that wasn't writing to the best of my ability. Some people can pants a good book. I'm just not one of those people. So I think it's important to know where you fall with this whole outlining journey and where you're at with the three Ps. Are you still a pantser? Are you on the verge of becoming a planter, or are you, you know, a full-blown plotter? I personally do a loose outline, which can be kind of a brain dump that you then organize into a more list-like sequence of events that you know that you want to hit, or you could go onto YouTube or Google or Amazon and search outlining methods, and you'll come up with like a million and one versions, and we're going to be talking about some of those. There are also some softwares that aid in outlining, and Two of them are Dabble and Campfire Blaze or Campfire Pro if you want the non-web-based version. Dabble is a grid-based system based on J.K. Rowling's method that she used to plot the Harry Potter books. Regardless of whether or not you like her or not, the system does seem to work for people. I know Sarah Labratt on YouTube, who was a lifelong pantser, used it. Now she's doing it for her whole series. And then Campfire Blaze, it's very good for world building, not just outlining, but there is a timeline function where you can add scene cards and kind of drag them along a timeline 
that you don't have with Scrivener where you do have scene cards, but you can't indicate that like time has passed necessarily other than this card comes first. Also, someone that I've been really into as of lately, whenever we are recording this is Abby Emmons, the queen of outlining is what I'm going to refer to her as because she has these beautiful templates that you have access to. She has wonderful, very educational and formal videos that I find very helpful. And whenever I'm done watching, I just feel like I could totally write this book. So if you haven't heard of her or seen any of her content, I highly suggest it, especially if you're kind of thinking about outlining, you don't know where to start. There are always things around that you can use to either follow a system that already exists or kind of hodgepodge what you think will work for you. Or like we mentioned first, just do what comes naturally to you, but like write it down and figure it out. I think to me, outlining first and foremost is a way to organize your thoughts and also help you not forget a scene idea that you have before you get to write it. I agree. I think that personally, I have come up with many great scenes, many great one-liners, and because I didn't write it down anywhere, it's gone and now I can't remember it. And it's terrible because I feel like I've lost a lot of good ideas or good scenes that way. I think we should also talk about the fact that regardless of how strict your outline is, the structure of a good story requires a beginning, middle, and end. And each chapter should also have a beginning, middle, and end so that you know that you have movement and are propelling your characters and readers through your story. At the same time, you don't want to worry so much about it that you feel paralyzed even while writing the outline because your outline is there to help you along and you can always revise your outline before you start drafting and as you're drafting as we mentioned because it's not written in stone. Yeah and with that I think we should kind of go into what some of our own personal favorite methods are because there are many methods to outline and whether you want to keep it the same or tweak it your special self like however you want to do it you're able to do that so let's go ahead and get into that. I think before we start naming specific ones, I would also say that sometimes a different story might lend itself to a different type of outline. So you should feel free to experiment even after you find a system that works for you, because while something might work for you, maybe something works better. You just don't know it yet. Never stop experimenting. So what's your default? I love a good hero's journey. Um, I'm not sure like what it is exactly that just draws me into it, but I am a sucker for hero's journey. I love the internal journey that the hero seems to go on. And I think the method is well utilized across all mediums. Even without knowing it, a lot of people know it because it's the most commonly used in movies and TV, especially as TV is becoming more and more cinematic like movies. But George Lucas, who did Star Wars, he has said in interviews that he very closely followed the hero's journey, which was written by Joseph Campbell, and there's a book all about it. And even Joseph Campbell, though, had said that it's existed in stories for as long as we can remember. And probably even before then, he just codified it into a system that people have then followed. The call to adventure, the rejection, the eventually meets the mentor, then enters a new world, and then eventually like returns home, change. Something I really think about whenever I think Hero's Journey is I think The Hobbit Yeah, by Tolkien. I think it is a perfect example of the hero's journey, like just breaking down, even if you go through the movie and just break it down, everything kind of flows very well for the whole circle of events that happen. And it could just be because 
because, you know, I would like to see a lot of other genres use the hero's journey because personally, I feel like it's more integrated into high fantasy books. And that's kind of like the default for fantasy writers. Yeah. But also you have Freytag's Pyramid, which again, people might not know the name, but the general idea that you start out at normal, something happens, and then things escalate until you reach the climax, and then things resolve rather quickly in falling action, and then you reach a new normal. So it's kind of like the hero's journey return to the old world. So you have these two different versions that almost work together at the same time, because they are so basic to storytelling. But while having those in your head are great, they're pretty broad stroke type of story structures. And when they talk about outlining methods, they probably want something more prescribed. So what's the system that you've used? that you the three-act story structure abby emmons she uses this structure a lot and like i said there are many templates to it you can find many different versions of the three-act story structure hell you can make up your own version it breaks the story down i always looked at it as a quote-unquote basic way to write a story and i'm so mad at myself for looking at it like that because it's very in-depth in the way that the acts and the scenes are broken down it definitely gives you a closer feel with your characters and what they're going through with the plots. So I was very, you know, opposed to this early on in my writing journey, but now I think it's something that I might utilize a lot more in future projects. I'm currently utilizing it for, you know, Project D and it's it's great. I highly recommend it. Look it up. There's multiple versions. You can go in depth with it as you want. There's that flexibility, but it still gives you the specifics that you might need. Previously, you were using Katie Tastic's three act nine block 27 chapter system yeah which you know also follows the three act structure and then save the cat which it, we could probably do a whole episode on it alone everybody loves save the cat <laughs> it was originally for screenplays and because of that it treats the second act as twice as long as the first and third act so in some ways you could almost look at it as a four act structure but it is technically still a three act structure so three acts are a great way to think of it. I think it's great for anyone who uses it, but I actually personally am much more fluid in my outlining in the way I conceptualize it. The way I write it down actually looks very prescribed and it looks like a school paper outline just because it's so deep in my bones that like I can't seem to get out of it. <laughs> but the, I guess the closest system that exists to what I naturally do is called the snowflake method. What you do is you start with an idea and then you write that idea as a single sentence and then you take that sentence and you expand it into a paragraph. It's five sentences for the paragraph, like a beginning, things escalate, the climax, things kind of calm down and then the end. No one is going to see this, so you can spoil the end. You should spoil the end so you know what's going to happen. And then you take each of those sentences and make it a paragraph and then you take each of those paragraphs and make each one a page and then you take each of those pages and make it into multiple paragraphs where each paragraph is the scene, so on and so forth. And I don't necessarily do all those steps. I get the idea and then I kind of skip the first sentence. I actually go right to writing the back cover description, which is not exactly the snowflake method, but it is similar because it is condensed in a way that I know what's going to happen enough, but it doesn't spoil the end. And then I start, if I have ideas for the end, I write those down so I don't forget. And then I start going through chapter by chapter being like, okay, this is what happens. And I 
I just write out a little paragraph within a Harvard outline. But this is all just to say that there is a lot of story structure we all inherently know and don't think we know. And then all these systems just play around with it in different ways. I think that is a really good way to summarize that. And also to throw out, I'm pretty sure you did a video on your YouTube. In that video, I also said that I was going to attach different methods to different stories. And that is still the plan. In the future, I might strictly follow the snowflake method, but there's a book that I definitely want to try the save the cat method with. And then there's the plot dot by Derek Murphy, which is like a modified version of the hero's journey and save the cat combined, which is cool. So I will leave a link to that video that I created in the show notes for today's episode. Thank you for reminding me, Kelly. You welcome. I think that really wraps it up good. And then another big question that I think comes about in the writing community with like outlining and whether or not it's vital is does it actually make a cleaner draft? So we kind of talked about how outlining can help you from getting so stuck that you don't know where to go next. It also kind of prevents you from reaching dead ends and tangents that are so crazy that you're never going to actually use it. And therefore, you might reasonably think that you've wasted time. Personally, I don't think that anything you've written is ever truly a waste because you learn something every time. But are writing a story, you essentially want to get from A to B, not in such a straight line that there's nothing interesting to flesh out the story, but direct enough that readers aren't going to get bored and put the book down. Outlining kind of keeps you on track. And it also helps with pacing and foreshadowing. Yes. And I know that your background is studying publishing currently. So you're going to become a literary agent one day. Yes. And (laughs) one day. And we we joke about you being my literary agent because it's going to take me forever to find one. (laughs) But do you think in-depth outlining is something that writers should attempt with the manuscript before submitting rounds of queries? And then my second, my my twofer for this question is with self-publishing, because you are a self-published author of six books that you can get from her website, (laughs) Um, is outlining even more vital because of like the the quick, quicker paced release schedule? I will say that for people pursuing traditional publishing, I think for the first book, it matters because it might help you write a better book. You'd rather have a cleaner draft to show to an agent. If you are submitting a first draft to an agent, don't. Like, you're just going to get rejected. (laughs) Revise, edit, make it as good as possible as if you were going to self-publish it and then submit to agents. That's what I'm going to say. But once you have an agent, if you outline and you have multiple stories in your head and you can make those outlines before you start a bunch of different drafts and you're like, I don't know which one I should finish first, you could then show your agent your outlines. This is what I have going. I've thought it through enough that I think they could both be books. What do you think? And your agent can, you know, be like, oh, this is a great outline. Start writing this one. Or they could be like, oh, I really like both, but I see issues with both. Let's kind of talk over both outlines and then we'll decide what you should write next for your next book. And there's no guarantee that the order you write books will be the order they get published in even once you have an agent. But if you can show an agent that you have plans for other books before you've written them, that, you know, makes them feel better that their investment in you by taking you on as a client wasn't misplaced. And it makes things smooth 
smoother down the line. So, you know, you're not writing a draft and they're like, where is it? And you're like, I'm stuck. I don't know where I'm going because you have an outline. I think that's a really good piece of advice. Thank you. I try. (laughs) (laughs) And then for the question about self-publishing, does an outline help with, is it necessary for faster release schedules? There are multiple ways I could answer it. I would say it depends I know that when Jesse Elliott and KJ Sutton were co-authoring the Charlie Travesty serials, they were writing them and publishing them one after another. They did them back to back to back, which they said was hell. And I said, oh, I was never going to do that. And then I made myself a liar by doing that with the Stellar Blood books. So in that case, I would say yes, an outline definitely helps with faster production and release schedules because you know where you're going. You can kind of just power through. But then there are a lot of people who are self-publishing with a rapid release schedule who do not do the crazy thing of putting so much pressure on themselves that they have to basically the moment they get one book out the door, they have to start in the next one. They write a lot of books in advance and then they release them at their leisure, but their leisure is choosing to be very quickly to maximize visibility and algorithms like Amazon that rewards authors who publish a book every 90 days or so, so they don't drop off in the algorithm completely. And for those people, I would say, you know, if outlining works for them, they should outline. And if outlining has decidedly not worked for you, I don't think you need to force yourself to become an outliner to be a fast release author. You just have to write a bunch of books and be comfortable sitting on them for a while so that when you release them back to back to back, you're not completely stressed out, but to the rest of the world, it looks like you're just coming out with them one after another without any problems. So personally, we've talked about our favorite outlining methods. Do you think for yourself, how you outline creates a cleaner draft for you. Yeah, definitely. I kind of pantsed and then outlined and then pantsed again, uh, back and forth, back and forth, uh, the Belgrave legacy that it took me a full year to write. And then I wound up, you know, revising it. Uh, And then I wrote two other books and then I wound up revising them all to fit into one book, which is the Belgrave legacy that you can buy now. Initially, it was going to be three different books. I think I mentioned that in a past episode, but what I did for Unmoored, the sequel, and then Taming the Alpha, the third book in that trilogy, and then for all of my Stellar Blood books. Outlining first helped me stay more on track, like I've been saying throughout this whole episode, to the point that I was able to write them within a year, much shorter, so definitely cleaner drafts. I agree. I think the way I also personally outline has been making my stories seem better and better each time that I write a new story with a different kind of outline because I've been doing a lot of experimentation with my writing methods and my outlining methods. And something that I think is vital to understand and that I know I'm going to be repeating like a broken record throughout all of this is that it is something that develops over time and it depends on the writer. Personally, for us, we know what works or we are getting a grip on what works for us. And the only way to do that is to experiment with your writing and experiment with your outlining methods. Another thing too that I've learned through different drafts of different stories, I've applied different outlining methods. So originally, the colorful legacy of Lara Everwolf, or as I refer to it on YouTube for the sake of not having a long-winded title, Curse Breaker, (laughs) 
is her story was originally a hero's journey. And the most recent draft I did of this manuscript, I broke down into a three-act structure instead. And I thought that the three-act structure actually gave the story more justice than how I have done it previously. Kelly has been open to using different outlining methods for different drafts of the same story in addition to trying it with different stories. And I'm going to be using different outlining methods for different stories, which just shows that like, yes, once you find something that works, you shouldn't let go of that because it works for you. But you should never be afraid to try new things and experiment because you're always going to learn something new. And you might learn that you don't like outlining because you feel like it stifles you. But you could still learn that like, oh, this is a way of thinking about cause and reaction within a story that you never had thought about it before. And it might help you make better connections between your scenes, even though you don't like the system that is presented in a certain method. I also think this could just be like a because for the sake of saying things in a pretty fashion, because that's what I love. I like to think as writers, as painters, and the way we paint can be very, like, obviously, there are different artists who use different mediums of paint. And with writers, there's different ways to outline, no outline at all, or somewhere, sweet spot right in the middle. The encouragement to always continue to try something new. Trying something new is something that helps you better your craft down the line. You're not going to just keep doing the same thing. I believe that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and like expecting it to get better. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity according to Albert Einstein. And I don't think any of us are going to argue with him there. Yes. So by not keeping to the same mindset, I guess, with your writing, although there are things that you would want to hold on to, like different, different things that are vital to your story that makes it your story that definitely hold on to. But an outlining method shouldn't change the theme of your story. It shouldn't change too much of the meaning of why you're writing this story, but it can enhance it. So I think that that's what I've really found with my own journey with outlining and with writing and with craft is that different methods of outlining will enhance a story in different ways that just make the overall picture and painting more enjoyable for me and hopefully more fun for the readers whenever I get to that point. I want to add a little caveat. It shouldn't change your theme it should only enhance it. I do think that like in the case of revision, sometimes a change is what enhances it. But I think what Kelly was trying to say is that it's not necessarily going to take away what you love about your story if you change the outlining method. It's just a way to structure how you want to express yourself through the story. See, this is why we're friends. It's because you just know what I'm thinking. And then I rephrase. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to To get to the people who might be confused and aren't on the exact same wavelength as you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm out here in left field in my own little world most of the time. So you're like my lifeline to to be able to be understood sometimes. (laughs) That's what good friends are for. Yes. All right. I think this is a good place to end. This is the Writish Podcast, and we will be back with another episode next week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Writish Podcast without a hyphen and on Kofi at ko-fi.com slash the Writish Podcast, again, without a hyphen. And be sure to join us for our conversation about world building. Bye. Bye.